This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Chanae Ogumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. What a beautiful throw by the Baker. Big job! Hasta la vista, baby! Welcome to the OBR Film Breakdown Podcast. Your host, Jake Burns. We're excited to bring you some pregame coverage and a little bit of uh, inside information on who the Las Vegas Raiders are ahead of this Sunday's game in Cleveland. Uh, I apologize, I will probably say Oakland several times. It is a it is a thing of habit, um, but, but we'll do our best. So we'll look at the Raiders here. They are 15-10 and 10, uh, in the series all-time against Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland has actually won nine of the last 14 meetings. But um, Oakland, as they were Oakland at the time, uh, won the last two, which if you recall, the, the most recent was the 45-42 win in Oakland uh, that Cleveland had the game sewn up. Uh, a game you recall Nick Chubb ran three times for 102 yards and two touchdowns. Thought it was Cleveland uh, had the game sewed up, but they did not finish it due to a really fluky reversal of a first down call. So unfortunately... That is what I recall most from that game and a win in, in Baker's rookie season that they certainly should have had. So the Raiders come into this game 3-3, three and three, a team that is uh, high-functioning on offense and struggling on defense, much like your, uh, your Cleveland Browns here. They have a 31st-ranked points against defense right now, 26th-ranked yards allowed, while their offense is 11th in points for, 9th in total yards. Uh, throwing the football effectively with Derek Carr, also running it relatively effectively with Josh Jacobs, a guy who's looking to break out. And uh, in, with the inclement weather that we might be seeing in Cleveland this weekend, um, you know, temperatures in the 40s potentially with some high wind gusts reaching maybe 30 miles per hour, some sustained winds in the 15 to 20 mile per hour range, it could be a game in which we see both teams really try to ground it out in the running game. Uh, wins for um, Las Vegas this year. They started out 2 0, wins over Carolina and New Orleans. And then dropped a couple straight against the Patriots and Bills before beating Kansas City. A surprise, they won at Kansas City. Had a bye, then lost last week 45-20 to Tampa. Having a good year, Derek Carr by the statistics. 152 of 211, 72% completion. 13 touchdowns, only 2 interceptions, 1,726 yards. He is ranked the 23rd ish 22nd, 23rd, depending on the metric of snap percentage in the pro football focus rankings of um, quarterback play. So... 
pretty big discrepancy between the stats and what he's producing play-by-play, making the right decisions, so on and so forth. Still a guy who is afraid um, to push the ball downfield all the time. He's a, he's a quick get-the-ball-out-and-throw player. He's always been a quick time-to-throw delivery guy from snap to the ball, releasing out of his hands. Likes to find soft spots and zones. Something Cleveland has struggled with this year. We'll see if they try to take the top off the defense. They, like I said, have Josh Jacobs, Jalen uh, Jalen Richard is their, their receiving back out of the backfield who will get some opportunities there catching the football uh, as he has 10 receptions, 59 yards. They'll also use Devontae Booker. Uh, but but Josh Jacobs catches the ball out of the backfield too, 18 for 122 through the air. Uh, Receivers-wise, uh, a, a pretty good group here. They added Henry Ruggs, the, the rookie out of Alabama, who, who missed a couple games, uh, but is a burner, absolute burner. Nelson Aguilar has stepped up and, and performed really well, taking over for the injured rookie Brian Edwards. Aguilar's been in the league for a long time, obviously with Philadelphia for a long stretch, um, but but certainly a guy who is, is, is able to produce, just hasn't always completed... Uh, finished plays at the most in, uh, in most opportune times, and that struggled in, in, in his time in Philly, and that got him uh, a ticket out of there. But he's a guy who's who's obviously talented. Darren Waller's a top five tight end, 40 catches, 345, three touchdowns. Like I said, Aguilar, 15 catches uh, on only 20 targets, 292, uh, the most second most yards on the team, and the most touchdowns with four catching uh, for sorry four receiving touchdowns. Hunter Renfro, 21, 283, one touchdown. Out of Clemson, looks just like the average guy, but but a really good sharp route running receiver. Henry Ruggs only has eight catches on the year, but those eight catches have yielded and 14 targets, 212 yards for a 26.5 yards per reception mark and a touchdown. Definitely a field stretcher. Brian Edwards probably not back this week, and we should talk injuries. Richie Incognito seems to be out. Uh, he's not going to come off IR for them. Jonathan Abrams, their their uh, first-round pick safety, seems like he's trending toward being back. He's been practicing. Trent Brown, very important player on their offensive line, questionable with the calf. They dealt with a huge COVID situation last week, um, which caused most of their offensive line to be out. I'm not sure what the status of that will be. We will pay closer attention to Friday, Saturday. We'll get a clearer picture of that. But uh, if Trent Brown does miss, that's a big deal. A uh, very good offensive player for them and, and obviously can help uh, handle Miles Garrett, who's also dealing with his own ankle injury that we should all be paying attention to quite closely too. Um, speaking of Garrett, he has more sacks than this team combined. Uh, they only have seven total sacks due to the Raiders, four of which have come from Max Crosby, who's been a nice late-round pick for them. Then a bunch of guys with one. Nevin Lawson, who's a corner, has one. Maurice Hurst has a half a sack. Carl Nassib, yep, that Carl Nassib, we remember him, half a sack. And uh, only one other one from Chris Smith. And yeah, that's the the Chris Smith who was also with Cleveland. So a lot of connections there. But it's a struggling defense. They're going to start Nevin Lawson again, probably as uh, rookie Damon Arnett is, is likely to miss another week. Uh, like I said, we'll keep track of that. Linebackers, Raquan McMillan, a name that you're familiar with. Nick Kwiatkowski, who's a guy they brought um, uh, in this year as a, as a free agent. And uh, they, they, I mean, they have some players. Trayvon Mullen's a nice corner. They just have not been able to put it all together. Uh, there's been a lot of rumblings about Paul Gunther's scheme and not not really enjoying the reactionary football they're playing. So the Browns will have a chance. This is one of the, the pass coverages that... Um, certainly is one that, that Baker Mayfield and the group can take advantage of. We just have to see what the weather looks like and and probably a group that they can run the football against too. So if it was normal, neutral weather, maybe in a dome, it's a, it's a high-volume scoring game prediction. But with this weather, you never know. So we'll have to see what it, what, what comes of it and, and keep our eyes sort of tuned to the weather reports as the weekend approaches. So I want to get over and talk a little bit more in-depth about the Raiders because I think it's fascinating where they're at. We don't pay a ton of attention to them uh, being on the West Coast as they are, 
and a team that the Browns don't run into all that often as it's been a couple years since we've since we've talked about them. So we'll get over to our guests in just a minute. Before we do, we're going to talk about Indeed and the great offer they have going for employers looking to find the right employee. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people and they get you them fast. Unlike other job sites, Indeed gives you full control, payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, you get the powerful tools that Indeed provides to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to give you an opportunity filling three and a half times more likely. That's pretty crazy. You can get a hire done three and a half times more likely using that sponsored jobs. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you that important hire that you need just like they have for over 3.5 million other businesses. Right now, Indeed's offering our listeners that free $75 credit to boost your job, which means more quality candidates will see it, and they'll see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire with their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions do apply, and that offer is still valid through December 31st. And also, going to talk about our friends at BetOnline.ag, which have been going the extra mile to make sure you can have every possible chance to win. Heartbreaking non-cover last week when the Browns missed their extra point. I had them at three and a half. Nonetheless, you still can take advantage of BetOnline.ag, where you can get in on season bonuses you can wager on wins, divisions, championships, futures. All of it is still available. And you can also get on, on those game day lines, parlays, uh, in some of those player lines that are available too, such as passing yards, receptions, all of those fun things to make it uh, even more interesting in-game. Take advantage of that offer. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag to get that great sign-up bonus. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Now let's get over to our guest, a fellow Blue Wire podcast host and he is Raider Cody. Let's get over to that interview now. Cody man, excited to have you on. This is going to be pretty good. I'm excited about this matchup in general. Hit me up real quick man as we as we get going with sort of your state of where the Raiders are right now, 3 and 3, uh heading into week 8, where you see them as a as a as a franchise right now. As a franchise, we are a roller coaster as usual. I'm sure you can relate to this man. The, the Raiders the Raiders franchise and the Brown, Browns franchise our fan bases, our emotions, I feel like are all always in the same wavelength. Going up and down the entire season, we're always on the bubble of the playoffs. Um, I'd say Raider Nation, as of now, losing at home to Tom Brady, a guy that we don't like, I'd say we're a little on the negative side of things. But overall, I mean, all it takes is a win or two in the next couple of games, and we're hopeful again. So I'd say, you know, the state of Raider Nation is a little bit more stable than usual. I mean, I'd say the state of the franchise is, is looking up, man. I, I'm, I'm loving Las Vegas. Well, that's great. I mean, I, I would imagine Raiders fans yourself are looking at the situation going, you got Cleveland, you got the Chargers, you got the Broncos, three games that are, are very winnable ahead of your rematch with Kansas City uh, to, to potentially go into that game six and three. So, you know, you're looking at the Browns. The Browns are the game before their bye week. There's a ton of potential for Cleveland to overlook this game in terms of just get us to the bye week. Browns are pretty beat up. So I think this is going to be a, a really – it's probably a more important game um, – for Oakland, I would say, because they're trying to trying to bounce back and there's potential yeah. that Cleveland looks past it. So I'm interested. I know 2018 was a high-scoring game, 45-42. A lot of Browns fans left that game feeling salty about some late decisions from officials. If I recall correctly, there was a first down call or something like that. Carlos Hyde yeah, back yeah, in the yeah, day yeah. Uh, was, was kind of was quirky. So um, 
they, they, I think the last time they got together was in Cleveland the year before. Am I right about that? No, it was 2015, actually. They came in. That was Amari, Co- Amari Cooper had a fantastic game, if I recall that one correctly. So yes. um, not a ton of recency going on here in terms of these two teams getting together. So the rosters will look new. It will be new with John Gruden yeah. involved for Cleveland's perspective. Obviously, Kevin Stefanski's first time joining. So high scoring, you're talking – you're talking, if I'm looking at it, I would imagine it gets pretty high scoring again, looking at both defenses, where they're ranked, sort of where everything sits. What's going on with Oakland defensively causing some problems there? Oh, shoot, man. Defensively, I'd say we're – man, it, it's weird because I think the state of our defense is similar to yours, um, except our weakness really is more the, the, the run game. You guys have been, I think, real stout against the run, and for us – you know, we've just been kind of like a little, like, just kind of gashing, not filling our gaps, not being patient, uh, being having some issues there. So I think that's kind of where even, like, when you're talking high scoring, I kind of think the same thing, and that's the same thing I assume. Now, the one thing I am actually going to track for this matchup is the weather. And I've seen reports of up to 30-mile-an-hour winds. It, it seems kind of random. So I think, you know, a few days out, it can change. Uh, it, it's hard to assume anything right now. Uh, but if it's if it's a little damp and there's a lot of wind, I think it could change the outcome of this game because otherwise, I would assume it's going to be a shootout. Um, you know, your your secondary, I would say, would be if anything, maybe the weakest that we've faced this year. And you know, I mean, we're playing guys like Tampa and New Orleans, and you know, we're, we're facing some defenses like that. So I would say your guys would be the weakest that we face this year, but. In the same breath, that might not be the game that we're playing. We might, we might have to get back to the ground, and that's something that in the run game with no Richie Incognito, Trent Brown's, uh, I guess, status still up in the air. We expect him on, on coming in on Friday. But if not, our run game could be very well much up in the air. So we're relying on two defenses right now that are very, very sketchy in their own different ways. For sure. There's no doubt Cleveland is struggling in the secondary. It looks like over the last few weeks, Raiders have given up quite a few passing yards against, you know, pretty good quarterbacks, hot quarterbacks right now. Josh, Josh Allen, when he's really ripping it well, you know, Mahomes, we all know, and, and Tom Brady, obviously, we all know. They're the, Baker Mayfield's not playing as well as those guys, but presented the opportunity to take some things that are given to him. Baker can, can handle those duties, but yeah. The run game's interesting. They're missing Nick Chubb. The Browns have not been as explosive in the run game. If you lose Nick Chubb, you lose a level of explosiveness. Kareem Hunt's been fine. He's not as effective as Nick between the tackles, and he's certainly not as effective as a zone downhill, zone read running back. Um, Nick's pretty special in that regard. He's still out. He might be back after the bye, some rumblings that we're hearing. But for this week, he won't play. So you talk about the run defense Cleveland puts on the field, and that's what's interesting to me. The stats tell you that they're pretty good. What they don't tell you is that they haven't really faced a ton of teams that have been uh, out in front of them. And, and, okay. and James Conner in Pittsburgh put, uh, put themselves out in front and were able to run for over 100 yards. And um, that, to me, was the first time I've seen – you know, Baltimore week one, it was just sort of a toss-up, and Baltimore ran it uh, okay. But they, they threw for big chunks they didn't need to run. So a team needing to run, a talented running back like Josh Jacobs, I'll be fascinated to see if Cleveland's run defense is as good as we think or if it's a lot of stats that are dictated by they've been out in front of people. Cleveland's defense has generated turnovers, and when they've generated turnovers, they've been, their offense has capitalized on them like crazy. That's been the formula. They, they bend a lot, but they create turnovers. Miles Garrett has been an absolute force uh, and has created some ridiculous plays, strip sacks, a safety he forced in the Colts game to get the offense back, the football. And at that point, teams are trying to chuck the ball at the time to come back. So yeah. I think those numbers are a little skewed. I do think it will be 
it will it will largely be uh, who controls the line of scrimmage. It'll be fascinating to see who's yeah. able to control the line of scrimmage and certainly who takes care of the football in adverse conditions like you're talking mm -hmm. about. And a, a quote that caught my eye today was John Gruden saying, we wish we had Miles Garrett. We wish we had a guy like that. I think yeah. Miles might have more total sacks uh, than seven or eight teams. And I think maybe the Raiders are one of them. That, it definitely uh, is, yeah. That he has more. So what's going on pass rush-wise? Where are they getting some success there? Or where are they struggling in that regard that's causing them to have fits defending? Or I should say just rushing the passer in general. We're struggling in the same place that we have ever since Gruden took over with Paul Gunther as, as his defensive coordinator. And I don't know if it's not bringing enough pressure. I'm not really sure what it is. But uh, there's something in there where guys just aren't being utilized in the same way. Guys are just being relied upon to, I guess, do the job of the scheme. And I'm not sure that it's always tailored to their specific talents. Uh, so I, I'd say that's maybe the number one issue. And I'd say it just solely relies on what kind of pressure is being brought in the system. And, and we're blitzing at the wrong times. We're constantly just rushing for, rushing for, dropping back in a soft blitz. And it's, it's just not working for us. Um, you know, we have corners that thrive, like Trayvon Mullen, that thrive off of press man coverage. Um, and he's not being put in those situations. And we have these pass rushers that, you know, are just hopefully relying on beating their man one-on-one -on -one and one of them getting double teamed and hoping someone can get through to the quarterback. And it doesn't always work like that. So I think that's our struggle um, as, as, as a unit on our defensive line. But I'm just interested to see – Max Crosby is a guy that we've really re relied on um, coming out of last year. A dude that, you know, we look at Cleveland Farrell as a number four overall pick. And just like, it's funny, that quote that you say of John Gruden saying he wants Miles Garrett. But he's also the same coach that traded away Khalil Mack. So I'm not really sure, you know, where he's coming from. He, he had yeah. a talent like Miles Garrett at that time. So, I mean, it is what it is. But um, are we missing Khalil Mack? Yes. Is he, was he a good player? Yes. Um, but more importantly, I think just the, the overall scheme, because we have, we have a solid unit. We have some good interior defensive linemen. Mo Hurst has been uh, phenomenal. We bring in Malik Collins, who's, been, who's really an athletic freak uh, in the interior defensive line. Uh, Jonathan Hankins, a great run stuffer. Uh, Cleveland Farrell, kind of a dude that moves all around. Arden Key and uh, Max Crosby, I feel like, are good enough to get the job done. But um, we're just flat up not doing it. Yeah, certainly some names there that people have known from recent drafts. And, and uh, um, I, I was fascinated to hear that they're struggling to get after the quarterback. And a lot of, like you said, some comes down to scheme. And, and Cleveland's really been lucky that Miles is a, is a sort of game changer and has come into his own. Uh, I mean, he's always been pretty good, but he's really he's really launched himself into another stratosphere this year because they're not, not getting a bunch of pressure from anybody else. Sheldon Richardson's generated some pressure inside. He's got a two-and-a-half sacks. Uh, he's just turned the corner to 10 overall overall double-digit pressures. But Adrian Claiborne's got two sacks and, and probably 20 snaps-ish a game, and they haven't really gotten anything from Olivier Vernon. So we've, there's been a kind of going around, you know, running joke that if Miles isn't there to change a play, they don't really get a ton. Denzel Ward's playing really well. Another guy you talked about, Trayvon Mullen, is a press corner guy. Denzel's nature is to get up in your face and sort of mirror you and – and do a lot of those things. He's playing pretty well. He's had some nice runs. He struggles when he has to react in off-zone coverage. I think that's a place that he struggles a little bit. Terrence Mitchell, their opposite corner, has been fine, but a guy you can ultimately pick on a little bit if you want to. And he's been exposed, I would say, a little bit by Pittsburgh, and they thought he got picked on a little bit by Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow threw for over 400. So that's what I, I'm scared, man. I, I think that, that where, you know, Derek Carr 
efficiency is getting rid of the football quick. If he can get it out of his hands quickly into playmaker's hands, that's where he thrives, and that's where Cleveland struggles. Two corners are pretty solid, but they have weak safety play and they have weak linebacker coverage in general. So teams have picked on them down the middle of the field and exposed certain mismatches uh, on the interior. I, I think I know that Hunter Renfro probably gets involved on the inside of your guys' offense. Anybody else inside mm-hmm. a line-wise? And how is like Henry Ruggs? And what's the skill position group looking like over there? How are they playing in, in, in total? Yeah, I feel like we've really been able to open up the offenses here, and not just because of Henry Ruggs and, and what he brings. I, I would imagine that your entire defensive room is planning on just, you know, not letting him, you know, have a game-breaking play. But um, on top of him, Nelson Aguilar has low-key been the go-to wide receiver this year. Hunter Renfro does get involved, and I, I love the contribution that he brings because even if it's late in the game or um, if we're down and we have to throw the ball, Derek's going to be looking at Hunter Renfro, but Nelson Aguilar, like if you're looking for plays the entire game, it's going to be going to number 15. Um, one thing I actually, I, I kind of want to flip it back around because um, I, there's one burning question I want to know is how are you guys forcing so many turnovers? Because I've noticed like maybe your secondary might not be the best. Are you guys forcing fumbles? How are you getting the ball back in your guys' hands so often? When I say it's Miles Garrett, I'm not lying. Like he 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 has forced pressures that have I think he's forced eight turnovers on his own through oh, pressure, wow. strip sack, or uh, something that's forcing a quarterback to make a bad decision. I think it's eight. It could be seven, uh, which was which is ridiculously high. They've just been opportune places. They forced a couple fumbles here and there, um, but they've been like I said, Miles has generated. I think now three of his own strip sacks, two of which he's taken on his own. And then they like, they've, they've like created some opportune fumbles here and there, but he's been a force. So like when I say his nine sacks are great, like he's having uh, a defensive player of the year type start to the season, because it's not just sacks he's, he's forming. He's, he's creating turnovers off of them. And it's not just strip sacks. It's against Phillip rivers and the, in, in the Colts, he had a strip sack, uh, but he also had a pressure that led directly to an interception where Phillip Rivers is stepping up and gets picked off by a lurk defender over the middle where he can feel Miles' pressure and has to throw it. He also is in the end zone dropping back a mile to long arms his tackle right into his lap, and he throws it away to nobody. There's no one there. It's a safety. Completely changes the complexion of the game. So, like, yeah. that's what he's doing. I would say he's responsible for 75% of their defensive turnovers generated, which is preposterous to think about. So if you can find a way to neutralize him, whether it's chipping, whether it's committing two linemen to rotating, his direction whatever it is I would do it because if he's not changing the game they don't have any other really dominant game changers like I said Denzel Ward will be fine and good and he's he's going to take away his his uh put it this way he doesn't really get beat in situations where the football's arriving the same time he is he's very effective at, at finding a way to force pass breakups one of the best in the league at that but if you can get him in off zone coverage you can beat him inside every now and again and you can beat him turning his hips outside every now and again uh, but a very twitchy guy, uh, a guy who can handle a spot. But there are spots that you can take advantage of. So, like, two players that freak me out, and I should have said Aguilar right from the beginning, but that's Aguilar controlling the middle of the field, and that's Darren Waller. Um, obviously, Darren yeah. Waller leads. You guys receiving 345, three touchdowns, 40 of 55 catches to target. Same way Aguilar's maximized his target, you know, 15 catches on 20 targets. So, like, I would imagine that Carr and these guys are watching film saying, this is a really – big advantage for us now if the weather is what we think the weather is it then comes down to can they get josh jacobs going and then they can get some play effective play action going off of that for easy easy targets so are they running the ball well i know josh jacobs has 394 
Um, doesn't look like the yards per attempt is all too fantastic, but like what, uh, what are they looking at run game wise? Yeah. I mean, he struggled through a couple games cause I knew he was dealing with a pretty bad, uh, kind of just hip injury. Uh, it was getting to the point where, you know, he'd go out there and carry the ball two or three times and would be hobbling to the sideline and can't even do anything. And then this last week we really struggled because our offensive line did not practice the entire week coming off a of bye week So our offensive line didn't practice that entire two week period. Um, and then they went out there and they just weren't flat out on the same page at all. So um, it, it's really weird because there's such like an underlying factor to even, even whenever it comes to pass protection, um, it's weird that, you know, what, like whenever you're facing certain pass rushers, the quarterback and your offensive line, especially your tackles, um, you kind of want to be on the same page, even just knowing like their style. So whenever you're facing like a Miles Garrett, you want to know his tendencies, like where he's going and how the quarterback is going to react to how the certain tackle is getting beat. If he's getting beat behind him, he's going to be in communication with that tackle on how, like, look, here, if you're getting beat around wide, expect me to step up in the pocket, expect me maybe to break that way, expect me to do certain things. And the same thing I think goes with the run game. That's where we really struggled the most. Um, going in certain situations and just not being on the same page, not allowing Josh Jacobs to hit in the certain gaps or maybe at the next level, not being ready for him getting there. So um, I'd say that's maybe the biggest issue, but Josh Jacobs, as of now, um, he's practicing kind of on like a limited basis, I think just to kind of keep him fresh, but Josh Jacobs is just as good as he was his rookie year, if not better. Um, he came out this season just absolutely rocking. Um, and he's, I still, I believe, through the bye week, I'm not 100% sure still, but he was um, leading the league in missed tackles. So um, you give him just a little itty-bitty space, um, and he could break a couple free, like, big time. Well, he'll be one of the better backs the Browns have faced this year. It'll be fascinating to watch. This game in general is going to be a real interesting mix of two teams that don't know each other very well uh, and, and really how, how each team handles the weather conditions. So, Cody, listen, man, thanks for joining me. This is a ton of fun. Tell people if Browns fans want to find your – uh, intro podcast or to your preview where they can find that uh, listen don't get many blue wire podcast friends on this thing man so i'm pretty pumped we need people to listen so tell them right yeah that. man blue wire family i love it so it, I, i'll apologize in advance and if you do want to listen or follow me anywhere just search raider cody um at raider cody on twitter or RaiderCody.com. um i'm on youtube doing a preview and my podcast but i will say shout out to uh the dog pound man because there's there's a certain part of you guys um, and, and where you come from, what you do, it's, it, it's just kind of weird. Like, you know what I mean? Like we come from, like, even though we're in Las Vegas now, we think of like the, O, Oakland. And it's like, you're like, oh, yeah. you guys are the, Oh, Ohio. Like you guys yeah. do your thing. You go out there, you're loyal to your team, no matter what's going on. You're going through the same situations we are. You've been borderline playoff teams, just like we have. Um, and, and shout out, man, this is kind of like a matchup that I, I look forward to because it seems like every time we get together, uh, there's always something controversial and there's always, you know, a lot of a lot of action so um shout out man i appreciate everyone tuning in and uh thanks for having me man i appreciate it of course man two blue blood nfl franchises although they may have gone to some different places and and may have new first names they're still still Ra raiders browns and that'll be a ton of fun to watch so cody thanks again bro thank you to raider cody for joining us and i really appreciate uh him taking time and appreciate you guys taking time to listen to this podcast i appreciate all of your support a really good week covering this team. Everybody very interested in how they, you know, pulled off that remarkable comeback. And and uh, that's the fun stuff. That's when everybody gets involved and they want to pay attention. And film breakdowns are fun and all that stuff. So thanks for joining us. Really appreciate you taking time. Make sure you go to the OBR. We have a great 50% off promotion going on right now. Get in, involved in all of the stuff that we have. We can check out our quarterback film rooms. All of that stuff is posted there. 
You can also check out great VIP content that we have coming up every day. We'll have more on the defense in the coming weeks as we get our guy John Stephenson back, who will start to dig in on what's going wrong with this defense that's giving up a ton of points. So uh, all the more incentive to join us along with Rumor Central and Ask the Insider sections and all that fun stuff. So check that out. Uh, make sure you, you review this podcast, iTunes, Spotify, however you listen. Give us a review. A five-star rating is always appreciated. Uh, your support is, uh, again, greatly appreciated. Hopefully we come back with another Victory Monday podcast. They'd be 6-2 and two heading into the bye. That would just be a perfect ending to the first half of the season. Keep your fingers crossed. We'll see how this team shows up. It's going to be a great challenge. It's going to be a really fun game between two NFL Blue Bloods. So, uh, yeah, have fun watching the game this weekend. Stay safe. Stay warm. Your clocks are going to fall back, so you're going to get an extra hour of sleep, so that'll be nice. So uh, by the next time you hear my voice, you'll, you'll be even more rested. So until then, guys, go Browns. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.